The Grow My Cleaning Company podcast helps owners of cleaning companies just like you to grow your company and yourself so you can make more money and finally get the time and money freedom that probably got you into this business. Discover how to automate and create systems that allow you to grow like crazy without losing control. If you dig the show and want to show some love, subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes. It really helps. Enjoy the show. Hey, Cleaning Nation, Mike Camping here with our special guest, Callum Elson. For you uh, U.S. Canadian folks, this guy is all the way across the pond. For you UK folks, um, we got we got yourself a, a national over there. Uh, Callum is one of our, um, we've got a couple of paid traffic guys, one for internal, Jared, who you guys might know, and one for external, who more directly helps our clients. And Callum is running ads for owners of cleaning companies every day. Um, so that said, he's super qualified on what is working and not working to get clients. So I will, uh, I will let you talk. I will listen. I will ask questions. I will crack wise. I will make your job difficult. Let's get at it. Yeah, no, it's good to be here again. It's been a while since I've been on a, on an episode. So yeah, it's good. Yeah. I think nail on the head with me running ads every day, right? It makes me realize what's working and what's not both based on like the data that I'm seeing and also based on the conversations I'm having with people that own cleaning companies and, you know, who's converting and who's not. So I think it's really interesting to talk about like advertising tips, right? So like if you're thinking, okay, how am I going to approach a client? How am I going to put out a paid traffic ad? Or how am I going to, you know, what am I going to include on a physical poster? It doesn't matter what the advertising means is. It's about like, what do you include in that to hook somebody in? So kind of three things that I sort of break down and then Mike, I'm sure you'll be able to delve into a bit more detail about each one from like your vast experience. So for example, the first thing is that, okay, where do I start? So for me, it's always about making things relatable. So the advice I always give to people is like, work out who that target client is for you. And then you need to make them really connect with and feel emotion with what you're saying uh, in your ad, right? So if someone is looking for a clean home, they need to relate with the problems that come with a clean home. So rather than advertising saying, hey, we clean houses, it's this amount of money, contact us here. That's not really doing anything for someone that's at home and has, you know, the messy house and the stressful life and the kids running around everywhere and they don't have enough time to do what they want to do. So instead, it's how can you put across more of a relatable pain point? So start your advertising with, do you suffer with blah, blah, blah? Or does this sound like your situation? And make somebody start nodding their head and go, yeah, actually, that is like me. Like, yeah, someone else feels my pain. Like, this is how I feel every day. And trying to build that connection and sort of a rapport with the client, I think is um, is pretty important for whatever you're advertising, whether you're selling a pair of shoes and you want someone to, you know, experience how bad their current shoes are, or if you want somebody to, you know, resonate with the fact that actually they might need some help cleaning the house or, you know, their facility, whatever, whatever it's going to be. So, yeah, connecting with those pain points, I know it's something, Mike, that you, you know, drill into a lot of the people that you work with, um, of, you know, trying to connect that way. Would you, would you agree? Yeah, I've uh, took a couple notes. I wanted to hit while you're saying that because it's it's such a key thing, and I, I think this is where most people miss. They start with the media, which is weird. So it's mm-hmm. like before they decide where they want to go, they start talking about whether they should take a boat or a plane or a car or walk, but they're not clear on where they want to go. And it's like, well, that I really need to know. Like, if I want to go to my neighbor's house, a plane is probably not a great idea. If I want to go across the sea to see Callum, a car is probably not going to get her done. So what happens is, and I think this is the fault of a lot of marketers who are like, buy my YouTube ads, you know, let me write your email copy. Like there's a thousand ways to connect with customers. They focus on what I'm selling is important. And then customers come to us going, well, should I do Facebook ads? What's a local service ad versus a pay-per-click? I and mean, those are all good questions. But until you know what the message is, 
it doesn't matter. So if I have a message that doesn't resonate, because all the media matters is, are your eyeballs there? Are the people that you are trying to help on Instagram, on Facebook? Do they look at their mail? Do they watch TV? Do they listen to the radio? Whatever. Do they look at billboards? Whatever the case may be. Fairly easy. And obviously, if you have the wrong thing, right? If I'm uh, if I'm trying to sell to owners of cleaning companies and I speak at a realtor convention, <laughs> it doesn't matter how good my message is, media has got to work. But we have to start with the message. And I think people think, oh, I tried Facebook ads and they didn't work. It's like, well, that's an insane statement. Like, who are you speaking to? How did you get the message to them? What was the pain you're trying to address? And they're like, huh, what? I just did Facebook ads and spent X amount of money and, and nobody bought anything. It's like, well, you're starting at the right, wrong place. So first and foremost, don't start with the media. Start with your client. Second of all, get the message right. Because here's the deal. If your message is wrong, you can go to the best. Let's say for your clients, it's TikTok. That's what people are into. They're all there. They're ready to buy whatever it is you have. If your message sucks, you can put it on TikTok every day, all day, and you will not get any results. The reverse is not true. If you have a perfect message, you can take it to any any media and it's going to work. And it, it might work a little better than this, it's a little worse than that, but the message is the key. Um, and we have to start with what you want to buy, not with the, what you want to, what they want to buy, not what you want to sell. So we say stuff like, I will clean your stuff, call now for $25 discount to clean your house. But they don't want a clean house. They want peace of mind. They want more time with their family. They want to feel loved. They want to feel special. They want to not argue with their husband or their, their wife about who cleans this mess. Same thing with commercial. They're, they don't want a clean building. They want their boss to acknowledge them. They want their coworkers to stop yelling at them. They want to stop having to have difficult conversations with their cleaner. They want to not feel like they're being taken advantage of. So if you've got the wrong, if we're not clear on what they want, nothing else matters. So what Callum is saying in terms of connect, people are like, okay, good. Connect with my people. How do I do that? And it's like, who's your people? I don't know. Well, the, step one, find out who the heck your people are. And step two, find out what problem you really solve for them. And if you- if Yeah, I think that, that's the key, right? That's the key, right? It's the solution that's the most important bit. That's the word that I would come to is you got to delve really deep and think, okay, the service I offer, it's not the what I'm doing, it's the why I'm doing it. And the why you're doing it is what you need to market. So the what, the cleaning, yeah, okay. You know, anyone can go ahead and clean something, that's fine. But why are you cleaning? Why are you going to address a specific person? And what message do you have that they can resonate with? And I think, you know, for a lot of cleaning business owners, you might be, you've got to use what's around you, right? So you might be in a fortunate enough position where you might have previously been your target market, or you might have friends or family or colleagues that are your target market. You need to look at those people and think, okay, what would resonate with them? What issues do I find that they have that my, you know, solution solves? And you're completely right. The the message or whatever you come up with has to drive where you then choose to, to what you choose to create and where you choose to put it. Right. Because some messages, great. You can put that on a, a graphic and it's a few sentences and you're good to go. It can go anywhere. Some things you might need to actually describe on a 30 second video. And that's the only means you can really get across, you know, how valuable your service is and what it's sold to somebody. So yeah, I think, you know, the, the relatability is the biggest factor that I put to everybody. And the question I ask is like, okay, who is this for? And, you know, why do they need the service? And I ask that for whether they're asking me about Google, Facebook, whatever it is, because ultimately you need to make sure you're telling them what they want to hear in order to sell anything. That's just, you know, a rule of life and a rule of sales. Um, so yeah, the first kind of step in the advertising journey really is what do people want to hear? Can I tell them that? How will I tell them that? And then, you know, you take so let me, from there. let me give two examples and we're going to move on to the second thing. Um, you said something key. Sometimes you're a target market, in which case it's easier. Like for me, I owned a cleaning company. So I'm, it, it was easier for me to go, 
what were my big pains and frustrations? Um, now that doesn't mean you have to. Callum has never owned a cleaning company. So when he came in, it just took him a little longer to understand what people's pains and frustrations are, but you work with them enough, you can get it. So what we make sometimes the opposite is also true. If you're not your target market, stop putting your crap on them. What that would look like is I would never pay $400 a month for someone to clean my house. Well, no offense. You're probably not making the kind of income and have the kind of home that the people that you're going to clean is. So when you get there and you become a part of that demographic, you can start going, what would I want? But if you're not that, don't put your own limitations and fears onto your people because just because you don't value it doesn't mean they don't value it. Last thing is I want to just give an example um, that everyone's going to be familiar with. And again, I'm going to not try to be political, but this is such a good marketing example. Um, when Trump was running against Hillary, she was by far, you know, Hillary Clinton, she was by far the, she was going to win, right? She, she was the, the, the overdog and like him or hate him. You, by the way, if you want to be a marketer, look at Trump. You can think he's a complete dirtbag and hate him, but by goodness, that guy knows how to market. So her thing was I'm with her. That was her, her, her. And most of you guys are probably, huh? What? Don't even know that. I know. Cause it was, and again, you might love Hillary and I'm not saying she's good or bad, but uh, whoever came up with that did not serve her, right? I'm with her is about her. And it's a, like some sort of solidarity thing. And it's just a weird thing. Trump, and you can like this or hate it, make America great again. That resonated, right? People felt like, oh my gosh, that's exactly. And again, I'm not saying this is right or wrong. I'm saying it's really good marketing. So I'm with her. Who's that about? Hillary. Um, and for her people, I'm guessing that was super helpful, but he's, she's not trying to get her people on board. She's trying to get other people on board. So it was the wrong, she didn't ask herself, who are my people? And what do they want? Right. The people wanted probably some, ver obviously wanted some version of make America great again. And, um, anyway, so I just wanted, I just want you guys to get that. Think about, he just was better in line with the country and what they're, and that's very complex, by the way, if you've got pages of pages or a speech, maybe she could outspeak him or maybe, I don't know, but when you have to distill it down into a word or a headline, that's marketing genius. So anytime you find some, and again, I like going with the underdog, right? Cause if he should have won, it's like, well, maybe, maybe he was the better candidate or maybe he had good marketing. He should have gotten slaughtered. So it had to do something with the marketing. So when you see marketing that you hate or love, look at if it's effective or ineffective and ask yourself why, right? Why mm -hmm. to heck with Hillary or Trump? Why was I'm with her? Why didn't that resonate? And why did make America great again, resonate? All right. What's number yeah, two, buddy? And what, one really quick bit of advice on that is when you're on Facebook and you're just scrolling, you know, like everybody does most evenings, if you, what I do, obviously I work in this profession, so maybe I'm a little bit more biased towards it. But when something catches my eye and I stop and I read the headline or I click read more to like see the rest of it, I always take a screenshot and sometimes I don't come back to it. But when I'm thinking of ideas or how to like, you know, what, what else can I do that's creative? I've got then a bank of things that for some reason made me stop. And honestly, it's some weird stuff sometimes that I'm like, oh, well, I really have stopped to read that. But sometimes I get some ideas. So yeah, if you're really stuck for ideas, then just use yourself as a case case example, like what stops and gets your attention and, and see if you can use it. Um, cool. So my second sort of point and bit of advice, jump straight to the sort of other end of the of the funnel, or so to speak. So the how to make somebody do something. And then the third one, we're going to kind of deal with that sandwich bit in the middle. So the, the final piece of the puzzle, right, is if someone's resonated with your message and then they want to take an action, how can you make it as easy and as seamless as possible for somebody to feel the, the pain, resonate with your message, take an action, and then actually get the result that you want? So in some cases, that might be you want to get on the phone with this person. It might be you want to direct them to a certain web page or, or landing page or something like that. 
But what I find with a lot of people I work with is they've massively overcomplicated and over-engineered that system of how to deal with a client. And because they've done that, they've missed out on all of that genuine emotion and that immediacy of kind of like, right, yes, now I'm ready. I, I agree with what you said. Like, I'm on board. Like, let's do this sort of thing. So what I mean by that in the, in the cleaning example is if someone's going over to a website, they've gone there for a reason, right? You might need to sell to them to an extent, give them a little bit of information, maybe tell them a bit more in depth about your services, depending on what your ad was. But the key thing for you needs to be, okay, how do I get this person's information or how do I get them to that sales process? Because they're clearly interested in where I want them to go. And that should really not be more than having to click a couple of buttons, right? They might have to input a little bit of information. They might have to click to download something. It should really be as easy and as simple as possible to really remove as much of that friction as you can. So I find a lot of people jump on calls with me and have all these creative ideas about marketing. And then when I ask them about the setup and I'm like, okay, so where are they going to go after that? They're like, oh, well, I've had this website. And then I look at the website, I'm like, oh, okay, that's like, you know, you've, you've done what's fun, which is the marketing side. And you've not actually thought about, you know, what's your funnel going to look like? Where are you going to push this traffic through? So a, a key real important thing to do is break down your back end into where are people going to land, landing page, where people going to go and what's the outcome of that going to be. And then know your internal process for how you then follow up or how do you capitalize on the fact that somebody's interested in your service, which I know, Mike, you have a lot of conversations with people of, you know, trying to solve what that issue is, whether it be someone who it physically doesn't work and they've not checked and their buttons on their webpage don't work, or whether it's someone who, you know, the text and the copy they've got on the website completely doesn't reflect their business and, you know, missells what they're actually doing. So yeah, the, the back end and the structure of how you deal with those leads and inquiries that come in is just as important as what you outwardly, you know, put out to the world. Yes, a thousand percent yes. The biggest mistake I see people making in that is they're trying to sell the sell, sell the sale. Don't try and sell the sale, sell the next action. So <clears throat> the best example I can think of this is on an email. We're not trying to convey everything we need to convey on the subject line. We're just trying to get them to open the email. That's the only thing, the subject line. So if you're trying to get them to be like, well, we're a good company, we've got this great offer and here's why I'm emailing you. And that's all good information. But if you try to get that in the subject line, it's too much. So all you can do in the subject line is just get them to open the email. And then guess what? Based on that logic, what do you think the, the only goal of the first line is to get them to do? To read the second line. And the only goal of the second line is to read the third line. And the only all on down until the line before the call to action. And the only goal of that is to get you to do the call to action. So same thing, we get to a landing page. We try and be like, let me have some testimonials and let me show you why our studies are the best. And let me show you that we were on Inc. Magazine. And let me show, and there's a thousand things. We're trying to make too many sales at one time. We just, to make it simple, like a great email, perfect example is get a headline that makes them or a subject line that makes them open it. And then you could say, click here and fill out a, a survey and it'll only take 10 minutes and bop, 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 bop. Or you could break it into little, little steps. Just email back yes if you're interested. Well, that's super easy because I know I'm at the email. Maybe I can click a link and maybe I can't. Maybe I have time, maybe I don't, but I can just email, go back. Yep. Or put in your, just your email address, not your name, your phone number, your social security number, your weight, your PIN number, just your name and email address. And I will, nowadays will autofill a lot of times and I'll send you this valuable thing. So Biggest mistake I hear, I see in what Calum's saying is the opposite of making too easy is making too hard. And that too hard is trying to make multiple sales as opposed to just the next sale. So like this podcast, subscribe to this email, sign up for this free webinar, whatever the case is, just a little chunk and make it as easy as possible to go. 
Hey, new friend, love that you are here. If you want more Cleaning Nation, more us, you can check us out on YouTube. Similar content, you just get to see each other. It's totally free. Or if you want to say, hey, hit us up on Instagram, Twitter, join our free Facebook group. We love hearing from you, Cleaning Nation. That's what makes it magic. Jump on, we'll see you there. That's perfect. That, that slides perfectly into what the third one is. So the third one to touch on that is, is what I call multiple touch points. Everyone's got a different, a different word for it, right? But it's this idea that, like you said at the start, a lot of people say the Facebook ads don't work. Well, what you mean is somebody didn't directly purchase through one of my Facebook ads, maybe the first time they saw it, right? Whereas marketing, you have to view it as this holistic thing where you might touch somebody by Facebook, but you might also hear of you through word of mouth. They might also see you on Google, and then they might also have, you know, seen you where else, or they drove past a sign on the road or whatever it is. And it might be for some people, they only need to see you once and then they, you know, jump to that call to action. For some people, they might have to see you three, four times and hear different things and see you in different mediums before they then take an action. So for me, it's how do all of your advertising um, mediums fit in with each other and what's your kind of overall strategy towards things? So if you're saying certain things on a Facebook ad and somebody sees it just once and they don't click through, okay, how can you then retarget that person? Which if you've got a big business and you're quite far down the road and you've got loads of data, you can use Facebook to actually retarget that person in, a, in like a retargeting audience. But if you're just you know getting started, it might be that you also make sure you have a Google My Business profile. So when people search cleaners in my area, you know you're going to appear and they'll put the two and two together and say, oh, I think I've seen that business before. Or you're always present and trying to get on people's podcasts. So, you're, you know, you're having multiple things on the go at once because it's quite a dangerous game to sit and expect all of your leads to come through one mode of traffic. If Google's your only answer, then imagine Google goes off tomorrow, like your business is done, right? So you want to spread out your eggs into multiple baskets. And it doesn't mean you just, you know, don't go full gas on each one. Of course, there's going to be somewhere you prioritize it more than others but making sure that you have those multiple touch points. So if I want to find out the best cleaner in my area, I'm going to see you in a few different places because actually, you know, the first time somebody sees you, their purchase intent might be quite low. They're having a great day. They're not too worried about the house. Everything's fine in their life, right? But you want to catch them and you want to be available. So on that day where they're really ready to buy, they just want to solve the problem. They've got five minutes to fill out the form. They're really stressed and they want to clean home. You want your name to be up there for them to go, cool, right? And now I'm taking an action. So having an always-on approach and multiple touch points is, is that kind of wedge between, okay, these are my messages for people to resonate. This is how they get in touch. And then the middle circle is where can I be and how can I be seen to make sure that I can resonate with people whenever they need me? Yeah. Let me give a simple, first of all, that's a perfect example of synergy where how one plus one plus one can equal four or five. So the simplest example of that on a single channel channel where it works, so you can obviously do the math of how it would work better on multiple channels is if you're going to spend a thousand dollars on direct mail and let's just say each piece costs a thousand bucks or a buck, right? So you can send a thousand pieces for a thousand dollars. The tendency would be, all right, we'll get a thousand names and send out a piece of mail. Absolutely the wrong answer. The right answer is to get 333 names and send out three pieces of mail, you know, every two weeks or so to get more hits. So just for whatever reason, let's say you have a great piece of mail and does 1% conversion, <clears throat> three of those, if you send out three, you won't get 1%, you'll get 4% because each one will get a little bit extra. All right. So that's what it looks like kind of with one media channel. So we all get it. And I think that works well, but I think it works even substantially better with multiple media channels. So tell me, give Cleaning Nation kind of your insight on why that's important, not just doing three touches with direct mail as opposed to one, but doing three touches with direct mail with three different things, how that has a compounding effect, if you would. 
Yeah, for sure. And I think the key thing to understand, it goes back to the content side of what we said at the start, right? In different channels, you're going to be able to get across a different selling point about your brand at a different level of value. So if you make a Google search, there's only so much you can see when someone's name pops up, right? You see a couple of headlines, maybe a couple of services they offer, sometimes a price, and that's what you're choosing to click on. Whereas on a Facebook ad, they might offer you, you know, some advice or it might be something really valuable where you can download something for free. You, you see what I'm getting at. So it means that if someone sees you on both of those two channels, they're not just getting the same amount of value. They're seeing you in a slightly different light each time. So if you extrapolate that out over, say, two or three different sources, then you can sort of give the person more of a, you can show more strings to your bow, if you will. So in one, you might show your commitment and how good or great your staff are. In another, you might show how professional you are and, the, and sort of the advice you can give. So what I always recommend is to start with, with just Facebook and Google, but you probably just want to start with one, honestly, in the sense of, you know, look at what your budget is. It's different for everybody, but you want to start with something where you can just consistently target the right people in the right area and start to build up a bank of data that can show you what they like and what they don't like. So essentially what I would call a testing phase. So let's say you can spend, you know, $300 a month, $500 a month, something like that and you want to put out different types of content on Facebook, so different types of copy, one might be an entertaining thing, one might be more valuable for education, one might be telling them about your service itself, and you want to see, based off the data that you see there, so metrics like click-through rate and things that we've covered in previous podcasts, as to, okay, what do people respond well to? What do they engage with? What drives them to click on my website and want to find out more? And once you can see that pattern, as soon as you see the pattern, you drop all the stuff that doesn't work and you roll ahead with the stuff that does work. And you want to repeat so, a similar process. Let me, let me finish. Let me wrap this with one specific question about what you said, because everything you're saying, I agree with a thousand percent. And I have found for us, like we started Instagram feels like a year or two ago. And I was like, no one's on Instagram. No one's going to, you know, and by goodness, people go, oh, I follow you on Instagram. I love it. And the way that we communicate on Instagram is very different than the way we like this long form podcast. I prefer because yeah. you guys listening here are like, I get this guy. Um, <clears throat> you know, we can have kind of a more intimate relationship because we're like, we're having a conversation, a long form conversation. Whereas it's Instagram- a different level be, of value, yeah. Yeah. So A, how do we- I get the value and a thousand percent behind the value of multiple touch points, multiple mediums. That said, if I took the kind of stuff, if I tried to use a podcast and just took it, like say this is a 23 minute podcast and I just broke it down into 46, 30 second clips and Instagram, of course it would make no sense. It would be nothing. So how do you weigh out? I want to be on multiple platforms and touch people multiple ways but I'm not really good at any of them yet. And if I, if I try to start everything, like I'm going to do LinkedIn, TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, um, Twitter, all at once, the chances that you get any of them right are very, very low. But if you just take a year to figure out one and then go to another, you're going to be missing out. So how do you, how do you weigh that out? How would you coach cleaning nation to kind of walk that line, so to speak? <clears throat> yeah, it's, it's interesting one. And a lot of it boils down to one, the time and skills that you have as a business owner and what you already know how to do, because, you know, if you're spending too long doing something, it kind of, it becomes negative ROI very quickly. And also the budget that you have, right? Because if you've got, you know, $100 a month and you're trying to do 10 platforms, you're going to get nowhere because it's a drop in the ocean compared to what other people are spending. My immediate, um, for, for residential companies, certainly my immediate 
way to do this is on Facebook, you can essentially give multiple touch points through having multiple different ads, right? So there's something called ad frequency, the amount of times that people see an ad from you. So if you've got four different Facebook ads running to the same audience of people, that's a version of giving them multiple touch points, right? Because they see a certain ad here, a certain ad there, and each one has come from you, but it might be something you know completely unrelated. And that's a way to, on one platform, work out, as I was saying before, what works, and then roll it out onto another platform. Now, over a longer period of time, once you have platforms that are functioning, provide you leads that you're converting, so high-quality traffic and you're, you know, they're profitable channels, that's when I think you can take something and reinvest into, okay, maybe we can explore some leads on this page or we can afford to have you know, a few months of testing where we know we're probably going to not make any money on the platforms to figure them out. Um, but like you said, if you spread yourself too thin at the start and you try and go on too many platforms, um, it, it's not advisable. But what I would recommend is that you create content that can be repurposed on multiple platforms. So if you were in a business where you decided, okay, we want to go Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, now video content can work on all three of those. You only have to make the video content once. So then you tick the box and then you can put that out on multiple platforms if you see what I mean. So it's not a case of having to take every single one individually. You can be strategic about creating some evergreen content. So you create a podcast and then there is some of it you can snip into one or two minutes, put out on different things. Uh, and that's a way of doing it. But in general, you want to be careful how many platforms you, you get on. So let me give a couple things and I'm going to have Callum recap the three that we talked about and we'll call it. Mm -hmm. So a, I'd start with your strength. Like, so for me, I prefer podcasts cause I'm good at talking. I'm very verbal. It's what I like to do. Um, second for me would be my books. Cause I like writing. Um, my wife is a genius when it comes to like memes and little quick videos and like being, she just thinks in that way. So a, I'd start with your, well, <laughs> second would be your strength. First go where your clients are. So just like we started at the beginning with think about where your clients want. Um, I would go where your clients are first. I would start with my strength. And certainly if I had a budget less than a couple grand a month, I would pick one on paid and maybe two or three at the most on organic. And again, start with what you like. If you're good at talking, a podcast might be great. If you love video, then video might be great. If you're into like just quick little hits, Twitter or Instagram or TikTok might be fun. So start with where your strengths are, go where your clients are and don't judge where your clients are. I was like, my clients are not going to be on Instagram. I was wrong. And it's like, oh, just the females. Nope, dudes as well. And then uh, like LinkedIn, I'm like, oh, I know my commercial clients are going to be on LinkedIn. They are, but they don't check it. Like they hang out. They spend more time on TikTok and Instagram. They're there all the time. So we can kind of have more hits. Whereas LinkedIn, they might check into once or twice a week. So go where you think your clients are. Test everything. Don't tell yourself like, oh, my clients aren't there because I've been burned on that one. And start with your strength. If you only got one place. Uh, and again, if your clients, I would say, I, I don't think anyone's clients are universally going to never listen to podcasts, right? Um, last thing, when we talk about where your clients are, residential and commercial are going to be a little bit different. So residential is going to get hot real quick and then get cold real quick because they're probably going to solve it, right? So they're, they're, they get hot, they find a cleaner, they hire a cleaner, they're, they don't, they're not hot on that anymore. That whole thing might take 48, 48 hours. So you might want to be in two or three things that are like, I'm going to get you right now because in a week you're not going to be interested. Commercial is more of a nurture. So again, residential might only be three, 400 bucks a month times a year or two. So we're talking, you know, $10,000, give or take for a, a lifetime value, but they're only going to be hot for a minute, but they're going to be real hot and you can sell them tomorrow. Um, so you could get away with just like, I'm going to be on a bunch of Facebook ads and you'll be fine with commercial and with residential, there might be tens of thousands of people that are your perfect prospect with commercial. There might be hundreds or just a couple thousand. Um, 
and they're going to be hot for longer. So you're going to need to nurture that. It's more of a relationship. So to get someone from you're a stranger to you're now cleaning my house can happen in 24 hours to get someone from you're a stranger to you're going to clean my office building um, and give you the keys and go through the headache of switching it over and signing a contract that might take a couple months. So you just got to, when I say start with your, where your clients are, it's not so much. I hate when people, my people aren't on Facebook, bull crap. Your people are on Facebook. <laughs> like, is it 60% or 30%? I don't know, but it's more than zero. That's for Dag, I'm sure. Um, okay. That's what I had to add to the last piece. Cal, I want to give a quick summary and kind of give people a call to action. Like, Hey, if you want to get started right now, here's the next thing to do. And we'll call it. Yeah, for sure. So yeah, as we discussed, first thing, relatable content, look around, look at your clients, look at not what you think they want, but find out what they actually want, right? Find people that are your clients, find out where they are and think, okay, what pain are they going through? What do I solve? And think of your content ideas around being able to solve those problems. Not about I, but about And you can ask them, ask them what they want. You don't have to guess, ask them. Go ahead, buddy. Yeah, hundred percent. Then it's where you're going to put that content, right? So the immediacy. So can you be on multiple touch points? Can you have an uh, ongoing bank of content to make sure people see different things? They find different values in your business. Some people are really going to care about one thing. Some people are going to care more about another. Being on a couple of different platforms um, with different styles of content and being able to kind of be seen essentially, which is super important. Uh, and then the final one is making sure that you have that easy, frictionless, simple backend to be able to deal with those leads. And like Mike just said, when a lead's hot, you might be able to get them through the door, sell to them tomorrow you're not going to get that lead in who just wants their pain solving like that if they've got to go through three different forms and then it's all oh, we'll contact you at a random date and time make it as super uh, simple and seamless as possible someone comes onto your landing page you just sell the next step sell the next step sell the next step until you've got them exactly where you need and then that's when you have the call and you know do all the sales that's kind of sits outside of the, the advertising process so really if you've got those three steps then you're you're going in the right direction, but it's a constant, um, uh, not battle, but the constant game is to test and learn, test and learn. So you'll have some evergreen content that sits there. You know, it's always going to perform pretty well. And then around it, you just, okay, let me try this. This is a good idea. Or Thanksgiving's coming up. Let me try this ad on Thanksgiving. And you've got to try, test and learn new ideas as you go. So yeah, my advice would be, if you want to sort of get started, is to go back to that number one point and find out what those pain points are. Get a, you know, delve really deep, deeper than you probably think you need to and find out, okay, what do I solve? What's the actual outcome? All of the clients that you've got currently or potential clients you're going to have, think about what the emotions are they feel before they've had your service and after they've had your service and work out what it is that you actually do. And then you can, you know, you can go to whatever platform you think suits best from there. Well done. Um, last inclination I'll leave you with is uh, for any coaches like me, it's good to listen to what they say. Better to, if, especially if they're successful, it's better to look look at what they do. So if you're that's you, you're like, well, what are you doing over there? You talk a lot of talk. What do you do? Go to growmycleaningcompany.com. Um, if it's me, I would opt in because you're like, what kind of emails do you send? How do you follow up? Well, I don't know. Follow the opt in and see, right? Um, and we, you can follow us. I think we're on TikTok and we're just starting on TikTok. I think we were like 60 followers. We were like 13,000 on Instagram and 60 on TikTok. So come say, hey, on TikTok, um, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook group, website. Uh, podcast, YouTube videos. I think that's it. So anyway, check it out. And uh, don't just find me, any marketer that you think is doing well that you admire, look and see what they're doing, opt into their stuff. And um, that'll do that. That said, if you want the best content we have for free on how to grow a cleaning company, it's the five shifts you need to make right now. Growmycleaningcompany.com. Absolutely free. Check it out now. See you there. Well, here we are at the end of the podcast and you made it. Great job. 
Uh, I've got a little bonus for you before for sticking through with me, but like I mentioned before, if you got value out of this podcast and you want to show a little love, subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes, Spotify, wherever the heck you're listening to this thing. Share with a friend, share the love. And as a special thank you for those of you that stuck with me to the end, how about I give you my personal phone number so we can text? It's a great way for me to get to know you, your business, your goals personally. So shoot me a text now, 602-932-6431, 602-932-6431. I am the only one who responds to these texts and I will personally respond to everyone I possibly can as long as uh, this number is manned. I don't know how long we're going to keep this at the end of the podcast, so grab it now, 602-932-6431. Give me a text, say hey, can't wait to meet you.